This is One-on-One's NHL Podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Welcome back to Five on Three, WFUV's NHL Podcast, alongside Mike Messina and Tyler Mooney. Once again, I'm Chris Hennessy on the Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend, and happy Memorial Day to everybody, especially our own Mike Messina, a veteran of the Marines. So Mike, we thank you for your service always. Uh, but especially this weekend as um, we were able to enjoy some round two hockey with game seven of round one put in there. And we all can end up on old takes exposed after our episode last week, where we all easily picked the Leafs. And I believe I said, if you're picking the Habs, you're going on an Island alone, but the Habs come back from a three, one series deficit. And this feels like the cherry on top of a decade long, uh, struggle for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win a playoff series. And it's been since 2004. So even longer than a decade, but this is just another chapter and all we've known for Toronto Maple Leafs hockey for the three of uh, for the three of us, which is just complete ineptitude when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. First off, Chris, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, a happy moral day to, to everybody as well, especially to, to my brothers and sisters who I know who, who weren't able to come home, and lost their battle. So um, Memorial Day is for them. So I just want to give a big shout out to, to all those guys and girls. So thank you to them. But back to back to hockey, Chris. Yeah. Um, Maple Leafs are just not clicking when it comes to elimination games. They can't win. They cannot win a playoff series. You said since 2004, you said? Yeah, 2004. There, there's something that needs to get done in order for that, in order for this to change. Like we all – all three of us predicted, obviously, when it was 3-1 that it would be over game five like that. Game five comes, Canadians put up a fight. Game six comes, Canadians put up a fight. And at, after that, going into game seven, I personally had no faith that the Maple Leafs were going to come out of this series a winner. Like, Agreed. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not letting the Canadians win those two games, games five and game six. And they're not coming back and winning game seven, man. That's just not how sports goes. It's not. And like, it was so inevitable and obvious that this was going to happen. And I feel dumb for even thinking that the Maple Leafs could get past the first round and like (laughs) win a series. I like, it it makes me feel dumb because like, how do, how do I think that? And it was just like, it, it just worked out exactly how, how not how we expected it, but, it just makes sense like, the way it turned out and, and it, it stinks and it's kind of embarrassing. And honestly, if I was the players, I would not know where, where to think right now. If I, if I want to be a player there or like, just what's the deal going on? Is it a front office thing, a coaching standpoint? Really? What is it that makes them not be able to win a, a playoff series and, and what 16 years now, seven, 17 years, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. This team is in a world of hurt right now. I mean, I was thinking like, what is worse this collapse or the 2013 game seven collapse. And I honestly think it's this one because at least in 2013, you know, it was one game. They weren't expected to win that series. Anyway, I think they were down in it. So, you know, they came back force game seven. It's a terrible thing that happened, but it's sports that happens. But this, I mean, I know, you know, Tavares was hurt and they didn't have Muzzin for game seven, but this is just inexcusable really. And I don't know where you go with this team next because something has to give. I mean, I don't think you can bring back, this same core, whether that means trading. I mean, it's not, you can't trade Matthews. You're not trading Matthews. 
do you think about trading Marner maybe? I know Nylander is probably the most likely to go just because of his cap hit. But, I mean, I mentioned it to you on Twitter last night, Chris. They got five goals in the series from Nylander, Matthews, and Marner, four of them from Nylander. That's just not cutting at all, especially the amount of money that you're giving these guys. So it's just, yeah, you're right. Mike, I, I feel dumb for even thinking that they could win. I mean, it was really a tale of two series. The first four games, they looked like – I don't think it was a bad take by any of us. They, they, they were rolling through the first four games, and then just that dreaded elimination game where they have the chance to, to move on. I mean, after the first goal last night, they are mentioning on the broadcast, but they just looked absolutely defeated. Like the bench, the energy, they, that team was not winning that game. Yeah, you know, I think you're 100% right. And I think it's also a, uh, a rest, uh, the perfect recipe, right? It's the team that's cursed. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Since 2013, this team is cursed. And then it's, it's the Montreal Canadiens, who have two of the three now of the bigger us, upsets in recent history. They, that was the Yara Holak series against the 2010 Caps. That was, they beat the Bruins in 2014. And now this one. And that, those are three of the bigger first round, or maybe one of those was in the second round, um, upsets in the last decade and a half and the Canadians have been the, the benefactor in those. And then you have the Maple Leafs who have collapsed time and time again, Jackson Heil and I have an episode where we just laughed for a little while about the loss to the senators from earlier in the season. I don't remember if you, I don't know if you guys remember that, but I mean, they were up like five, nothing or four to one or something crazy like that. And the senators came all the way back and won it, I believe in overtime. And that was just, you know, something I was like, Oh, Hey, look, they did it again, David Ayers and whatever. And, not thinking it was going to happen in the playoffs. And here we are again. And I think it's funny. You mentioned that 2013 one tie because, you know, that was a team that did not deserve to win that series that the Boston was the better team all year long. They were the ones down three, one, they brought it to game seven and had the game on the line. They were going to be the Canadians in that series. And they blew that game in game seven in Boston. And wow. I, I mean, I simultaneously, I can't believe it. And I can, totally believed at the same time which i think is is the perfect encapsulation of the last how many years of uh, of toronto maple Leafs hockey and i mean i i'm so intrigued as to what's going to happen because we've talked about flat cap a million times you cannot trade somebody with an over 10 million dollar cap hit in this in this scenario and that's what mitch marner has so i think you're right tyler that it's going to be nylander it's going to be anybody and are they the place that Chris Dreger goes? He's a free agent at the end of the year, and Florida seems to be looking to go the Spencer Knight route behind Bobrovsky. That's an interesting landing spot. Seth Jones once added Columbus. Is that somewhere that that they go because they need that number one Norris caliber defenseman? And Mike, um, not Mike Riley. He's on the Bros. Morgan Riley and Jake Buzzin are fine players, but they're not Seth Jones, and they're not Victor Hedman, and they're not they're not even Shea Weber really, and that proves itself every single year, especially when they played the Bruins those three years in a row. And Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe are in for one hell of an offseason because there is a lot of cap tied up on the forward group, and that's the thing that I think personally doesn't need the help. But you saw what they did. It wasn't that impressive the last three games. Yeah, something's got to give, and it's got to happen soon. They can't keep going down this road not being able to win that elimination game. Um, It's just not – it's not sustainable. And obviously the fans aren't happy. The the front office isn't happy. The players aren't happy. The coaches aren't happy. It's it just some, something's got to give in and it has to happen this off season. And, and I don't see any reason for major changes to not come this off season because they, it, they can't keep going down this road and doing what they're doing year after year. 
in the playoffs. I mean, this is what? This is five or six years in a row they've lost in the first round. Five, I think. Something, but, like, yeah. something like that. I mean, I'm trying to think. I know these last few years we've had instances of like the Blues, the Caps, teams that historically would lose earlier in the playoffs finally breaking through. But I mean, do you think but back the difference to, there, the difference there with the Caps and the Light or the Lightning, you know, they struggled yeah, the Lightning to win a cup and then they finally got theirs. The Lightning were in the Stanley Cup final. Though. Yeah. The Caps were losing to the Penguins in the second round every year and you know, they got, you know, nixed by Halak in 2010, as we mentioned. And there's a couple of examples. Toronto just can't get out of their own way. They're 8-0 in clinching – oh, and 8, excuse me, in clinching games. Exactly. That, that's yeah. more than, a, oh, there's this one guy we can't beat. We kind of blame that on the Bruins. But at this point, this is systemic. This is not just a we can't beat the Bruins problem anymore. This is this is a real issue that could end in trading one of the three players that, they, that they're putting their entire faith behind. It's not going to be Matthews. Tavares is too expensive which means it's going to be either Marner or Nylander. And to me, that's that's full-on disaster if you trade Mitch Marner right now. That That's a full panic button to me. And you think back to, like, the Penguins, mini dynasty, and Blackhawks, and the Kings, the teams that were winning cups in the past decade, they were winning not right after they drafted their big guys, but in the three or four years after. I mean, the Penguins, what, three years after they drafted Crosby, Blackhawks four years after Taze and Kane. So, I mean – you're in the mode now and we're seeing more and more in the NHL and in all sports really play or teams winning when they have players that are younger, you know, the, your prime is not when you're 27, 28 anymore. It's when these kids are coming in and they're ready to win and they're at the peak of their careers when they come into league. So yeah, something has to give with this team. And I am very interested to see what happens because yeah, the flat clap, the fat, the flat cap, makes it that much more interesting. <laughs> that was a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. The fat clap. Tyler. <laughs> um, something that's interesting, and I think that it it's applicable to the Maple Leafs, is that the Canadians are the first team in the cap history, in the history of the salary cap, to win a playoff series with a player getting paid over $10 million a year. And the Leafs have at least two of them, I think three. So that's not great either. Um, we'll move on, uh, but Montreal Winnipeg in the second round for the North Division title. Uh, if you had that one in the preseason, put your hand down because you a liar. Um, Islanders win game two in overtime last night, a game that basically they had 0% chance to win in the third period because they decided to take dumb penalties and give up goals they shouldn't have given up. And it was not pretty in the third period, but they came out to play in overtime and Casey Sezikis buries it on the breakaway um, to – take game two from Boston and Boston, they get the split. They have home ice advantage from here on out uh, in a tied series. And that's all you could really ask for coming back to the barn uh, as to if you defend home ice, you're up three to one. Um, and, and that, that that's music to my ears. As good as Tuka Rask has been, Varlamov was fantastic last night. I don't know why he played over Sorokin, but I can't question it really. He was really good. And outside of 10 minutes of the third period, 12 minutes of the third period, um, not too bad. That second period was really nice and the overtime was good. And look, uh, as, as disheartening as it was to see them blow the lead in the third, a win is a win is a win. And they're going back to the barn title one. Yeah. A, a win is a win. That, that's all that matters. First of all. So, so they played great, but they had no, they had no means to win that game after the Bruins tied that game. Mm-hmm. They, they had no, they, they have no right to, to be in that position to win that game in, 
quite frankly, the only reason I think they won the game is because the the puck hit the guy's skate. Casey Zizek has had, had no, no point in touching that puck, getting to the puck. It wasn't going anywhere near him. It was just luck of the draw, luck of where the puck went. So it worked out. It worked out. But, I mean, the Islanders can't be giving up two goals in, in 10 minutes right after a power play um, to tie the game in when, you're up, when you have a 3-1 lead when you're not at home. Like, you, they can't be doing that. And, I mean, Tuka Rask is playing fantastic. We know that. Bruce Cassidy said this morning that he, he's facing a lot of nagging injuries. So we have to see where that goes. If I'm sure he's still going to be playing and I'm, I'm sure he's not going to give up that, that starting goaltender position to anybody else. So he's going to have to work through the injuries, but I mean, it's, we said before the playoffs started that this is going to be a matchup that the Bruins aren't going to want to see more than they have to. And if they were able to get that win last night, bring the series to 2-0 going back to the Coliseum, that would have been huge for them. And that, that could have really been the turning point of the series is if they were able to come back from that 3-1 deficit. I mean, they, they pretty much had it in the bag. They had, they had it in the bag. They had so many shots at the end of that third period and in the first couple minutes overtime that could have won them the game. Uh, Rask and Varlamov both made great saves all night long, but I mean – what are you going to do, man? It, the Islanders played great. They won the game. That's all that matters. But something needs to happen with that defense in order for them to not to not give up these leads late in the game. Yeah, I was really surprised that they started Varlamov. I, I thought maybe Sorokin was hurt when I turned on the game and I saw Varlamov in net. But, I mean, obviously the decision paid off. Um, I guess, you know, you have to go with Varlamov next game. I don't know. It's weird because, I mean, Sorokin, I guess he didn't play the best in game one, but after what he just did last round, I would have figured that Trotz would have given him at least one more game. But, yeah, they, they for the first two periods, pretty much a perfect road playoff game. Obviously, the third period didn't go as well as they wanted, but a win's a win. And, yeah, as long as you can defend home ice, they'll be sitting pretty going back to Boston. Yeah, and I think the Sorokin-Varlamov decision is kind of what I've been hoping Trotz would do for since the Leonard-Grice decision, which is just rotate your goalies like you were in the regular season because at this point, you know, we're now over 60 games in, they're not used to playing five, six, seven games in a row, and that's what it would have been. It would have been four, five, six, one. It would have been Sorokin's fifth game in a row. So why do that when you have a fresh guy who could have been nominated for the Vesna? He wasn't but could it be easily was top five in the league this year sitting on the bench. And I think it's a fine decision. You know, if he had played poorly, I would have liked to see him go back to Sorokin, but he played great. So I, I would expect Varley to get the net on Thursday. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, a win's a win and just, just get the heck out of Boston, man. Just get the heck out of that place. Cause that place was rocking uh, full capacity, almost full capacity. Uh, speaking of capacity, um, we only have so many more opportunities to make fun of NBC. So let's just do it as much as we can. Right. They said the Coliseum is going to be at 15,000 uh, pop quiz. Why is that incorrect? Cause they the Coliseum doesn't have 15,000 15, seats. <laughs> doesn't have 13,900. Doesn't have 15,000 seats. So it's really, really hard to have 15,000 people in a building without 15,000 seats. That's extremely difficult to do. Uh, it's 11,000. No. Oh, well, um, Nice little, nice little gaffe that nobody decided to correct um, on the NBC broadcast last night. But Casey Zekas wins it uh, in overtime, and thank God because if they were down too well, this is a whole different podcast. I'll tell you right now, uh, that would not have been good because Game One was one of the worst they played in the entire playoffs. It was, you know, the two losses against Pittsburgh. The first one, it was, a, it was a tough go, and that first goal 
was it was tough. And the second one, they scored four goals, and Varlamov just really couldn't make a save in the third period. That was just a terrible game in game one from top to bottom. And Sorokin really made it 5-2 instead of 7-2, honestly. And uh, to get that game, not only to get to get the win, but just to play better, uh, which I think they did, um, really, really helped. So, I don't know, Tyler. I, I, think, I think they can still do it. I picked them in seven, but I don't know. I mean, Boston's really good. I'm not going to sit here and say they, they're definitely going to be Boston, but I'm more confident now than I was after game one. Yeah, they can absolutely do it. I mean, they had success against Boston in the regular season, and yeah, they split. I mean, that's all you got to do. You got to win one road game, then mm-hmm. then you have home ice. So if they can go back to the Coliseum, which was rocking against the Pens. I'm sure it'll be. Are they are they having more fans this round than last round? Yeah, so it was nine thousand for Game Six. It's eleven thousand for Game Three. So that'll be even better. And yeah, I think I think the Islanders can definitely do it. It's a great matchup, as we as Cassidy has mentioned. You know. Bruins might be playing a little injured. So this is, this is the Islanders chance, you know, take advantage of this. One thing I've noticed is Tuka Rask is a lot better than Tristan Jari. Yes. A lot better. Correct. Just, just a thought. <laughs> um, speaking of good at hockey, that Colorado avalanche, holy moly. I don't know how much of this game you guys caught. Uh, it's a, that- Chris, it, it's, it's unfair how good this team is. <laughs> it, it's unfair how good this team is. Seven it, to one. It's like Vegas didn't even show up. Vegas did not even show up to play the game. It's insane. It was just like you guys can have it. That's basically what it was. It was. It was just like indescribable. And how good this team is. It's crazy. Seven to one's the final score on Sunday, and Colorado now leads the series one to nothing. Um, I think the big one coming out of this is Pete DeBoer's decision to go with Robin Leonard. I actually like the decision, uh, and it. I make no bones about it. Robin Leonard's one of my favorite players in the National Hockey League for how open he is and and his time with the Islanders and all that. Um, I love to see him succeed as much as I like the Avalanche and pick them to win the cup. Um, so it did, it did hurt, you know, to see that for sure. But I actually like the decision because you have a, a you know, the Vesna goalie flurry um, is, you know, coming off of a, a really tough seven game series where he played seven games in 14 days where again, like we talked about the Islanders, he doesn't do that usually during the regular season. He did it when Leonard was hurt, but that was back in the winter. And now we're all the way into June. So I liked the decision. It just did not work out. And I mean, nothing works out against this team because they are just dynamite. All 20 players, all 18 skaters, both goalies, the coach, GM, everybody top to bottom in that organization is top class. I mean, if this team doesn't win the cup, I, I give up on trying to predict what happens because I, I can't see as good as the lightning have been. The hurricanes have been good. Um, the Islanders have been pretty good at, I cannot see any team even coming. If the if the Knights just lost that game seven to one, I cannot see any team coming close to the Avalanche right now. It, I mean, it makes sense. They're just clicking on all levels of the game, and they're completely dominating on the ice. Whether it's defense, offense, forecheck, um, goal scoring, hits, faceoff wins, they're just dominating in every facet of the game. And no team really has what it takes to to beat them. And I I, I, I can't see any other team winning the cup. I'm, like, I'm going to be honest. I cannot see any other team even coming close to winning the cup. I don't and, know like, who's them. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like, who, who, who has what it takes? I mean, the Bruins are a great team, but they're riddled with injuries right now, too. So, I mean, like, I don't know who, who has what it takes to beat the Avalanche right now, but uh, if I was a team going, uh, knowing I have to go up against them, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous going into that series for sure. I think it's a legitimate discussion 
regular season Connor McDavid versus playoff Nathan McKinnon. Mm. Because as amazing as McKinnon is in the regular season, he elevates his game to a completely different level in the playoffs. Something that Matthews hasn't done. McDavid, he hasn't really done. I mean, he hasn't won. He hasn't advanced that far in the playoffs. So, I mean, he's making Nathan McKinnon that, that I think it was a fifth or sixth goal of the game the other night. He was making an NHL defenseman look like he had never skated before. He literally just went around him like he was a traffic cone on the ice. It was absolutely incredible. He, he roofed the puck over Leonard. I mean, this team is, yeah, this team's unbeatable. If, if the Golden Knights, who were the second best team in the league this season, if they're, if they go out there and the abs sweep them or beat them in five games, I, I, I do not see a scenario unless, you know, injuries or this team pulls off a massive Maple Leaf collapse that anybody's beating them. They're just all skaters. Like you said, Chris, the entire organization excuse me, the entire organization is clicking at just another level. And I mean, they're led by Nathan McKinnon, who right now he's making his stake to be the best player in the NHL. Yeah, I think that's well said. And game two is tomorrow and we'll see how Vegas responds. I assume it will be flurry in net, and we'll, we'll see how they respond because I think that's a huge game. If they're able, even, even able to keep it close, I think you're talking about maybe a series, but it doesn't feel like they're very beatable. Um, right now. And honestly, the only reason they were beaten last year in the Western conference was because of injuries. Philip Grubauer was hurt. McKinnon was out that last game, that game seven. Oh no, he, that was the only game he didn't score. That was the thing. He had a 14 game point streak going into that uh, game and then didn't score in game seven. That was the game they lost. Uh, so he was carrying them the whole way. And then that team just adds just Devante is about a Norris caliber season, but yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're insane. Twelve points in five games for Nate McKinnon. Um, if you want to do record watch, feels unlikely. Most consecutive playoff games won is fourteen by the uh, by the Penguins, so they would have to get all the way through game two. They'd have to win game three of the Stanley Cup Final, having swept each of the first three rounds to break that record. So that feels pretty unbreakable. But five down, nine to go. Yeah, that that one I can see is not happening. <laughs> but like, but that would that would be a sick story to hear. That would be, be a part of. That'd be something else. That would be something else. Um, and then the fourth and final second round series is between Tampa and Carolina. This is a series that you know, similar to Colorado, Vegas, is something that we've all kind of been hoping for all year long. Uh, you guys both picked it to happen and picked Tampa to win. I picked Florida to beat Tampa because I didn't necessarily believe in their health, and I was wrong. And Tampa not only beats Florida in game six, comes out and wins game one, game two tonight. Uh, Tampa, look, they look like the bubble team from last year because they have Kucherov and Stamkos. And Hedman is healthier, but still not really healthy. And they have the best goaltender in the world. And when you have Nikita Kucherov and the best goalie in the world, you're essentially unbeatable as, at this point. And it feels like we're on a fast track to Colorado Tampa, which would be one of the most hyped up Stanley cup finals in recent memory. And um, outside of the Islanders, that's what I hope happens because I think that would just be phenomenal theater and, and great hockey uh, and, and kind of the perfect matchup. But I'm curious what you guys think. I still do believe that Carolina has a chance to win this series. I think they're good. I think they're deep. And I think Nadeljevic, as much as that goal sucked the other night, um, has has played just well enough to win games. And and they, I I honestly think Carolina could win this game tonight at home, and they kind of need to to split it. But curious your guys' thoughts as you know, Carolina 
Carolina needs to win tonight in order to keep this. Because if they go back to Tampa down 2-0, this thing is over. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm still riding with that That Tampa has this series. I, I think it's maybe going to go six. There's a poss- possibility I see it going seven. But if the Canes don't win tonight and it goes back to Tampa 2-0, they're in a serious amount of trouble, a huge amount of trouble. I don't know if they have what it takes to be able to – go into Tampa again, already down to, to nothing and coming back from that. I don't know. I, I don't see how realistic that is, but Chris, you said it perfectly with Nikita Kucherov, Steven Samkos and Andre Vasilevsky, the vet, the best goaltender in the world. What's going to like, what, what's going to stop them from who who's in their way right now from getting to the Stanley cup finals. I mean, they're an all around better. They're, they're an all around better team than the hurricanes, I think. Yeah. So for them to win tonight, be up to nothing is going to be huge for them. And to me, that pretty much solidifies them winning this series. But look, like, like we do at Toronto, they were up three, one. And, and we all was like, well, this game, this series is over. And it wasn't. So I guess we won't know until it's actually over, but I have full confidence. The lightning are going to be able to take care of this. Um, they're, they're just an all around tougher team, better team, stronger team. And, and the, the goaltending is just like, from top to bottom, amazing in all facets. In all facets. Vasilevsky's amazing. Nadelchovic is good. But, I mean, he he's no Vasilevsky, and I think he's going to be able to take take that throne right back and win this series. Yeah, Carolina's certainly not out of it. I mean, they won the Central Division this year, but I think Tampa's star power is just going to prove to be too much. And Tampa, Colorado would be the ideal Stanley Cup final. Two Vesna nominees, two loaded defense cores two I mean stars on each team in the forward group that would be that would honestly maybe be the most hyped up Stanley Cup final that we've seen in our lives I mean that would be incredible and Tampa I think is the only team that could give Colorado any worry at this point so definitely must win tonight for Carolina but I think I think they'll win too I mean they they're they're a great team they're they're very deep Nadelkovich, I think he's going to bounce back. He played great in game one, just besides that one unfortunate goal, which is really just unlucky. He just lost his crease there. But it, it's that's a this is going to be a great series. I, I watched game one. It was a great game. It was very even, very back and forth. And I'm excited to, to watch the rest of this. Yeah, one thing I wanted to mention before we head out was that we always, with all year we'll talk about, well, well this, this Stanley Cup final could be very weird because of the reseeding. The matchups are set right now uh, in terms of division. The winner of the West will be the one seed, and the winner of the North will be the four seed. So the winner of Carolina-Tampa will play the winner of New York-Boston, and the winner of Winnipeg-Montreal will play the winner of Colorado-Vegas. So that that leads you to begin to speculate what this Stanley Cup final for, would be. Outside of Colorado-Tampa, I think that there are a lot of good matchups. Any matchup with Vegas, any matchup that's West against Central is incredible, Right. I think that's what the average fan should root for. Um, and I think that, you know, we're seeing the four best teams in the league all year long now just go against each other now. And the Islanders and the Bruins and Winnipeg and Montreal are just going to kind of play out there and then the winners will play. And it feels like we're just on a fast track to West versus Central, which would be East against West in the, in the old slash future brackets, which is fine, honestly. Um but it feels like we're on a fast track to West Central, which I think if you look at the entire year, if you watched all the teams and all as many games as you could and you look at the standings, that's kind of what we deserve. And that, that's kind of what we've been working towards for the entire year. If that gets taken away from us, it's because a team has pulled off a phenomenal upset. 
Um, but I, I'm personally pretty excited for West against Central. And I'm not saying that the Islanders are going to lose to Tampa if they win. Like, yeah, they're probably going to lose to Tampa again in the semifinals. But we deserve to see West against Central because that's what's been the two best divisions, the four best teams all year long. And I feel like everyone's just expecting that, honestly. Like, 4-4, four, four, not even now that the playoffs have started, I feel like that was kind of expected, like, even coming in that two best teams uh, – Colorado and uh, Tampa were going to have a great chance, great chance of making it and playing each other in Stanley cup final. And that's, that's what the league needs. I feel like that would bring the most publicity out of all the teams still. And I feel like that could bring the most, the most viewership, the most, the most fan interaction and, and things like that to the game. So, I mean, from a, from a fan standpoint, yes, I agree. I, I think it should be those two teams, but I think there could be so many great matchups going into the later rounds and the Stanley cup finals that I wouldn't really hate to see something different either. Like, like I, I would, I would love to see two step, two different teams make it to the Stanley cup final and see what they can bring to the game and, and see what really they do, how, how they interact with the media and the fans and really just see the atmosphere at those arenas and stuff like that. So we'll have to see, but I agree, man. Um, it, it's going to be great to watch and I can't wait. The one thing I was thinking about is imagine if a Canadian team makes the final and we go from, either no fans or like very limited fans in the Canadian stadium. And then we cross the border and we got a sold out arena in the United States. That would be, that would add a whole nother layer to this, especially in the conference finals because Montreal and Winnipeg, they haven't played in front of fans really at all. Montreal just had their first game in front of fans. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they react going to a sold out arena for the first time since the COVID shutdown over a year ago. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting because Colorado and Vegas are packing the barns now. So whoever wins the North is going to go to Colorado or Vegas for game one, and that's going to be an entirely different situation. And it's only going to be fun to watch. And, of course, I should mention we still could get Montreal-Boston, which would be unbelievable if we got Montreal-Boston in the Stanley Cup final. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week. We got so much to get to um, for next week as well. I'm sure we'll have all the trophy nominees. We mentioned the Vesna, Grubauer, Florian Vasilevsky. Um, but we'll have more of that lightning hurricanes tonight. And then starting off the North Canadians jets tomorrow, Vegas, Colorado, and then the Islanders game three on Thursday. So until next week for Tyler Mooney and Mike Messina, I'm Chris Hennessy.